Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And my name is Jennifer Rose. Join our weekly adventures as we rock the whiskey world. We will be bringing you whiskey-related news and gossip, discussing latest bottle releases, and of course, tasting our way through delicious drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road to visit some Scottish distilleries, and let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. In today's episode, listeners, we are sampling one whiskey using different types of glassware. Total experimentation to see whether the glassware actually changes the overall tasting experience. We are sampling Bricopets from the whiskey seller who is a independent bottler from Edinburgh. We've actually tried this one before, but not like really in a focused setting. It was just one of our random Instagram lives back from last year. Yes, back in France. Was that in May, Inca? Yeah, God, ages ago. That was probably our first ever live. I actually watched it back just recently as well. (laughs) I seemed so nervous at the beginning. It's quite funny. But the setting was amazing. Totally. Anyway, so before we stick our noses in all these whiskey glasses, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. An independent fifth-generation company, Simpsons Malt has been granted planning permission in principle to build a state-of-the-art maltings with storage facility on the outskirts of Rothes in Scotland. So this new facility, it'll include malting barley storage space. It'll have annual production capacity of a huge 85,000 tonnes, which will mostly go to distilling customers in Speyside. Furthermore, this facility will create up to 40 jobs according to the family-owned Simpsons Malt and the barley that will be used for malting production will be locally grown by the farmers who are part of Simpsons Malt's agricultural merchandising division. Simpsons Malt have also achieved B Corporation status back in 2021. A Scottish distillery is allowing customers to pay for a bottle of whiskey with time instead of money as a part of environmental initiative. Glengoyne near Glasgow. Have you actually been to Glengoyne just Quick. No, but weirdly, I'm like, you know, when you can fly into Glasgow Airport, there's these massive billboards for Glengoyne. And every time I walk past them and it's like, oh, so close to Glasgow, I always say, oh, yeah, why have I not been there yet? Anyway, Glengoyne is giving fans the opportunity to get their hands on a bottle free of charge by spending a day volunteering with the Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust, WWT, carrying out crucial wetland sustaining activity. So if you head to Glengoyne website, you can sign up. And obviously not everyone can volunteer, but they will choose a selected few um, to take part and they will be invited to one of the four locations within the UK. And I actually went and had a look and one of them is London, after which they will receive a bottle of whiskey. I think it was the 15-year-old Glengoyne. And you also get invited to the distillery to do a tour. I was actually going to sign up, but the date is 31st of March. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit too soon. I don't think yeah. I can make it. Not too far. That's a lovely intention, isn't it? Yeah, I quite like that idea. Glengoyne will cover actually the transport costs to and from. That's quite handy as well. So even if you aren't located quite that close, they will look after you. Loch Lomond Group has launched Noble Rebel, a new blended malt scotch whiskey brand available in three distinct expressions, Orchard Outburst, Smoke Symphony and Hazelnut Harmony. Matured in ex-bourbon casks, the Orchard Outburst malt contains whiskey distilled 
filled with Chardonnay wine yeast. Smoke Symphony is finished in Rioja wine casks with hazelnut harmony being finished in toasted American oak casks. All the no age statement blended malt whiskies are non-chill filtered natural in colour and bottled at 46% ABV under master blender Michael Henry at Loch Lomond Distillery and they are priced at a reasonable 40 British pounds. Oh sounds amazing. I'm quite intrigued by the hazelnut. Let's see how they bring those hazelnut notes. And the Chardonnay wine yeast also intrigues me. Yeah, absolutely. So we also received an email recently from Andy Frazier, who is a fellow podcaster whose podcast is actually about cattle and sheep. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So he wanted to let us know about his debut crime novel, The Master's Spirit. So what is the book about? There's been a murder. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about my murder? I love your tagger impersonation. (laughs) For our our non-Scottish television aware listeners Inca is doing a rather fantastic impression of a famous fictional Scottish detective called Taggart and his catchphrase was there's been a murder so good so <laughs> so, the, so when the body of a master distiller is found in a mastan at Glenlachan Lenlachan Distillery. Local copper Scott Donald finds himself among a web of lies from the local community in Kilrachnkrechnan. <laughs> these places. I don't think these are real places, by the way. Maybe, fic- maybe fictitious places. Yeah. On Scotland's west coast, the plot involves a Frenchman buying an old distillery in Scotland and modernizing it. I like the sound of this. Totally, we must read that. As you know, I'm a massive fan of crime and we are fans of whiskey. So what's not to love with that? That was yeah. so cool he reached out. And exactly. Yeah. I wonder if he heard when I mentioned that story ages ago when my sister-in-law's great-great-grandfather actually died by falling into a mash tun at yeah. Lafroic. And there was some potential suspicious circumstances. Yeah. yeah. That sounds cool. So all the best with your book. Raise your glass and stick your nose in it. So today we are using three types of glassware. Glencairn glass, Norland glass, and short-stemmed snifter glass similar to Copita. Before the Glencairn glass, the whiskey world actually didn't have any glasses to call its own. This glass is crystal clear to show off the color of your whiskey and the shape of the glass is designed to enhance the overall experience from start to finish as you nose and taste your whiskey. I guess most people would know what it looks like but if you don't it's kind of like a tulip shaped glass almost. Evan don't look at our Whiskey Sisters logo. Oh yeah good call good call. Our little drums on fire are pretty much Glencairn shaped aren't they? Yeah so we will start with the Glencairn and compare the tasting notes using the other two classes afterwards so it would compare it against the Glencairn class and the good thing about Glencairn class is that it's very cheap like it's only about six pounds so I think that's fairly priced do we think they're accessible all over the world Glencairn yeah for sure good definitely our second glass will be the Norland glass which is a double walled whiskey glass developed to elevate your favorite whiskey whether scotch bourbon rye Canadian Japanese you name it the Norland 
whiskey glass has been designed to capture whiskey's unique aromatics and flavours and deliver them to the senses like never before. Designed in 2015 by co-founder Shruli Reicht, the glass was further refined with the help of legendary master distiller Jim McEwen on Scotland's Isle of Isla. Norland glasses are made from hand-blown, double-walled brusilitate, brusilisate, borosilisate glass. <laughs> anyway. By double-walled funky glass, which is the same durable material Pyrex uses to make its laboratory glassware. Borosilisate is harder to say, but it's also harder than regular glass and won't crack when boiling water is poured on it. The outer wall tumbler encases a nose in glass, preventing your hand from warming up the spirit. The glass is light, it only weighs 125 grams. It's more expensive in the UK, averaging £48. Quite a difference. Pricey. 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 And the third one we are using today is kind of a snifter uh, with the rounded copita bowl. And the rounded bowl lets you swirl the contents of the glass to release aromas. These aromas are then directed up the narrowing shape to your nose. And the foot gives a convenient place to hold the glass without affecting the temperature. Basically, it's like a wine glass stem. And copita glasses are more commonly used in Spanish sherry industry. And that's why the name copita, which is Spanish word for glass. The glass was repurposed for other drinks from wine to spirits. And it used to be known as the dock glass in the 16th and the 17th century, as it was a glass used for nosing wine and spirits directly from the barrel when they arrived at the dock to see whether they wanted to buy the contents. Big thing with the copita is the nose, basically. The small opening, which will be the smallest opening of all these three glasses, is supposed to concentrate the smells which will also enhance the taste for the better or for worse so let's see how this tasting actually goes dram on fire in 2019, the whisky seller and independent bottler acquired the rights to the Brig O'Perth brand from Edrington. The brand was established back in 1896 as the original house blend of wines and spirits merchant and grocer Matthew Gloke and Son. It was created in the basement of a shop at 20-24 Athol Street in Perth in Scotland and it was a popular blend through the early 1900s but eventually lost favour to its follow-up whisky, The Famous Grouse. Currently, the whisky seller has released two whiskies under this label, and we are reviewing the first one, the 14-year-old Brigapirth, old Highland-style blended scotch. Made using Highland whiskies aged in a selection of ex-bourbon barrels, most of which are first fill and a small proportion of ex-sherry butts. The malt content was uncommonly high, more than 50% in this inaugural release. Yes, and I think... If I remember right, I don't I don't have the bottle with me right here. Do you have the bottle? Is it forty six point seven percent ABV? Hang on, it's small type and my eyesight's <laughs> deteriorating. I think it's reasonably high ABV, which is quite nice. Forty six point seven, you're correct. Yes. Ooh. I think let's go through using the clean can and see how how we find that and then compare the other two. So shout. what would you say about the colour? I'd say it's kind of like goldeny. That's a boring description, but kind of goldeny amber. What about you? Yeah, it's quite dark, like a darker. Darker golden. Yeah, or dark honey, maybe. What did you get in the nose for this on the Glen Cairn? I was thinking rum and raisin ice cream or that kind of, you know, rum soaked raisins. Nice. Uh, there is definitely some leather there some honey mm -hmm. black currant leaves oh wow yeah i don't know quite... if i've smelled those 
<laughs> we used to have loads of black currant bushes at home, like in our garden. Are they quite a strong smell or subtle smell? Yeah, it's very well, very similar to you know black currants, how you'd imagine black currants smelling, but maybe a little bit more like greener, slightly earthier, maybe. Mm. I don't know. They smell really fresh and fragrant. Like nice kind of perfumed. Gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. And then I was getting a little bit of some cookie dough. Oh, maybe a bit of cinnamon in there. If I heard those notes, I'd be wanting to dive right into that dram. For me with the Glencairn, I get kind of a malty, like malty kind of biscuitish immediately. Then a bit of lemon zest was quite citrusy for me. And hmm. then I was getting, you know, set honey, you know, the thick honey. Yeah. Yeah. So set honey on white bloomer bread with butter. So buttery, oh. bready, set honey. I love that honey as well. I, I would do. just like spoon it in. I think it's a lesser popular honey. A lot of people don't like it, but I like it. When it had been in the glass a little bit longer, almost like a hazelnut syrup. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like a peanut butter, but it's more like a hazelnutty. Hazelnut yeah, butter. Yeah, I'm definitely getting it now. But I think when you mentioned that kind of more citrusy tones, it could be linked to similar to what I was thinking with the leaves. Yeah. Because it's kind of a bit more fresher or something in there. Yeah, because I've got kind of lemon zesty. But it does get sweeter after a while, doesn't it? Definitely, for sure. What about the, the palate for you? I'm intrigued because I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm tasting here. But anyway, I've, you know, let's compare well, notes. I was getting a lot of red berries, red mm. fruits, red berries, plenty of that. And there was some spiciness, but like more like sweeter baking spices, such as cinnamon, for example. Oh, nice. Mine are quite different, but I'm aware I've not eaten much today. And I know all of these things impact and affect, don't you? For me, I was getting, again, bready, but this time that wholemeal seeded bread, almost like nutty on the top crust. Now that you mentioned that, and I just took a sip and I can totally relate to that. You can, you can, yeah. Yeah, with like sesame seeds and yeah. other, yeah. All that funky stuff on the top. And mildly aniseedy, not too strong, slight white pepper and a slight sour lemon sponge. So sweet, but again, that citrus following through on the palate for me. Yeah, good to aniseed would be cumin. I was thinking of cumin earlier as well when oh, I was thinking about the spices. For sure. I like that. I really like the finish, probably yeah. more than the taste. Oh, wow. What? Why? I don't know. It's just like, yeah, yeah, this is nice in the palate. But then when I'm allowing the lingering finish, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Mm, it's medium to long, isn't it, really? Yes. And again, I got nice kind of crust of home-baked bread, and but again, a citru citrusy. So th that theme was throughout, you know, the whole shebang for me. What about you in the finish? Oh, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit more woody and definitely some sort of sweet cinnamon in there. It was weird because it was kind of sweet, but also oaky. Quite nice mouth feel. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Okay, we go to the next class now. How different was this? Like night and day. Wow. Like this Norland glass, it has much bigger opening. So obviously the nosing is very different. You really had to search for it. I wasn't getting any rum and raisin at all. It wasn't that sweet. It was much more leathery for me. Even had a little bit of that kind of alcoholic whiff. But then maybe getting a little bit of those red berries that I was getting on the palate before, but now on the nose. Oh, okay. But you really have to stick your nose 
in the glass with this one, don't you? I've written struggled to get aromas. I actually could hardly smell anything at first. It took me ages. Yeah. I could I could get a gentle honey, but it didn't feel as defined as before. Whereas I was going, oh, it's like the set honey. It didn't feel like that. I couldn't get any citrus at all. Whereas with the Glencairn, that had been really prominent. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going back to it now. I can get that similar kind of hazelnut syrup, but only now it's been in the glass and I'm returning to it. That's all I had got previously. I don't get that now. I'm just nosing at the same time as well. Yeah. Maybe getting something like a more floral honey. Definitely not the set one. Yeah that kind of blossomy one or whatever. I can get some Maybe. similar notes if I practically put my whole half my face in the yeah, glass. Exactly. That's what I'm just doing. Like you really have to. I'm steaming up my glasses as we speak. <laughs> yeah. So on the palette, I have to say, I hate sipping from this glass. It's so okay. thick. The rim is so thick. You basically have the tasting glass inside and then you have this outer layer protecting the tasting glass mm -hmm. so you don't warm it up with your hands. But it creates a really thick rim it's really hard to sip from i completely agree i've written too thick i'm like it's like drinking out of half a glass bottle i can't control my mouth i kind of almost like spilled it a bit yeah it felt like stingy alcoholy and then you know like that your inside lippy gum on the inside i felt that the whiskey was all swirling about there it yeah. felt like uh, uh, i felt uh, like i was getting like a you know when you get a milk mustache but like yeah. a whiskey one i was floundering with this glass <laughs> i know it's just not a good one no and it, no it's no i would it, be interested oh sugar i've just spilled from the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, my spatial awareness is gone because the rim is so thick. I okay. know. Even the palette was very different. So I was getting much more of the red fruits, like really elevated tasting notes of those, but also felt kind of slightly alcoholic, mm. like felt stronger. I was getting a little bit of more like caramel sweetness and much more oakiness on the palette. That's interesting. It was certainly really different on the palette for me. My experience to yours on the palette different, however. I agree for me, more alcoholy. All I got was aniseedy and sour. But I think I was struggling so much with feeling it was like going everywhere and all that. I was distracted by that as well. And I wasn't enjoying the drinking experience. So I didn't stick with it for long. Yeah, I agree. I think it does feel a bit more harsh on the palate and on the finish again and getting a little bit of sweetness like toffee sweetness but it's quite woody but i really don't enjoy drinking from this glass at all yeah i think so, i might even prefer from a mug more than this <laughs> yeah even the rim of a mug would be smaller than that yeah because you would have at least you would have the handle with a mug my brother-in-law gifted me this glass so if you're listening i'm really sorry but i hate it yeah and that was such a generous <laughs> gift if they're so pricey this isn't mine i borrowed this one quite glad it's not mine i don't oh think we're God. getting a job as reps for norlan anytime no actually soon. i'm just gonna pour this whiskey back into my clan can i think as well i really would like to invite people with different experiences because i remember we posted a real way back with a norlan glass and i remember somebody commenting so enthusiastically is that that kind of glass i love it etc so it'd be good to hear the different opinions it's definitely not for me i did get a slight kind of bready finish similar to the glint's not it wasn't similar but you know yeah something kind reminiscent of, exactly thank you yeah but i felt gosh that's quite a shame because 
I didn't enjoy the whiskey from it. Yeah, I know. And it's just it's so expensive. I don't know. It's glassware is a massive part of your drinking experience. Anyway, even just how it feels in your hand and things like that really matter. Yeah. And of course, it's, you know, depends on the person, but I just don't think it does much good for the whiskey. Is yours quite wide? Mine seems quite wide. Yeah. Old. So I've got an average size hand, but it just feels a bit like cumbersome to me. Yeah. Well, they are individually blown. So there might be some differences in the glasses as well, individual level, because it's also so light. I don't think I like the lightness so much either. I'm sorry, this is just turning into like this ignoring glass, but I do like heavy base tumblers and heavier glasses. And even with like Glencan, they do have that heavier base, don't they? So it does yeah. feel nicer in your hand. But Anyway, but it's that... interesting how different the drama is, isn't it? Oh my god! If if I would try that whiskey from the Norling glass, I don't know. I, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Whiskey bitches. Copy the glass has the smallest opening of all these, so this is like a lot of industry people would use this as their nose in glass, or when they try the whiskey first times. How did you find the nose? Was it much more elevated? Did you get much more? No, it wasn't more elevated for me. I know you don't need to actually stick your nose in the glass, but I think I kind of like to get in about the glass, so I felt this glass kind of impedes my sniff. So I've got for the Glencairn nose sensible and this one impedes my sniff and the Norlan I had to nose dive. My nose didn't like the smaller one, right? But I do drink from these. I got the same notes, maybe not a zesty lemon, lemon puff biscuit. I got kind of honey, but less buttery, but that was kind of it. So I felt similar notes, but maybe not. It, it was a wee bit harder for me to ascertain what they were. All right. Well, I was getting lots more dried fruits. Okay. Not so much the rum soaked raisins, but just general dried fruits, like a mixed bag, like kind of that, what you'd normally mm -hmm. get from mm -hmm. sherry influent whiskies. Old leather again, maybe mm -hmm. slightly stronger than the previous one or the, the first one. Okay. I was getting a bit more like an old woody smell. I don't know. That it wasn't like oaky, but you know, like an old, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a fusty room with old tables that they have like a couple of chips or, you know, yeah. they, they kind of battered. Like worn wooden furniture wood. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And it maybe it been in the same room with some leather couches or something. Mm. Uh, <laughs> then maraschino cherries or some sort of dark cherries, but also maybe the maraschino ones that have been soaked in the syrup in the in the wine. Sounds so, like you got loads <clears throat> from this um, shape of glass. I do think that I don't know if it was just because I knew because you know that it's a snifter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really aimed for the aromas. So I don't know if I was just trying really detect maybe even more. Yeah, I was also getting salted toffee. Really nice on the nose. What was your experience on the palate for this? I think it was fine. Nice tasting notes, definitely. Drinking from it, it's a little bit weird because it's so small. The opening is quite small. Sure, yeah. You just have to like tilt your head a little bit more. Yeah, I find it sweeter. So loads of salted, like chewy kind of toffee, you know, that sticks to your teeth. Cashew nuts in there. It did feel a little bit more spicier and more warming than the other uh -huh. two. I'm having a wee sip just now. Really hear you on the cashews. That's a good creamy call. I found similar notes that I did with the Glencairn. Maybe the aniseediness was a bit stronger. The pepperiness I'd got um, with the Glencairn was a wee bit stronger as well. A lemon cakiness again. Didn't get the, my wholemeal nutty seedy bread on this one. And similar finish, but not as citrusy on the finish. So those two, the Glencairn and this one, were the, certainly the most similar for me. Yeah, I thought the finish felt drying on this one. I don't know if it's 
because it's the last one or is it just the glass or I don't know mm. or maybe yeah. it's just how you're how you're taking all the aromas and then it changes your palate but yeah. I find it slightly more drying imagine like eating grape skin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of little bit tanning maybe I thought there would be some differences but I didn't think the differences would be as great yeah even even the finish and with this class I feel like it feels longer in a weird like how is that even possible <laughs> Yeah, I know. How is it possible? So which class did you prefer? Glencairn, what about you? I know, it's just such a good class. It's a good class. I don't mind the copies. I I do kind of like glasses with stem. Yeah, yeah. You you know, like sometimes some places have almost like a Glencairn, but with the long stem. That's quite cool. I quite like that. They're good. So in the Norlands, uh, a strong no. Yes. And also, I think I've got mentioned before, so these kind of snifter glasses, copita glasses are around cost around the same as Glencairn. There's quite a difference between these ones and the Norland class. Also, you know, I was wondering, or like we had some similarities, but slightly mm-hmm. different ones. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I should point out that my bottle has been open for some time. Okay. Um, when did you open yours? I opened mine today. Okay. So yeah, it might be something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's interesting. I might do this experiment again with some other whiskies. So Inka, what do you think of Brigga Perth, this blended scotch whiskey? Quite surprised because blended scotch is not something I drink very often. So I really did enjoy it. I actually enjoyed it the first time as well when we tried it last year. It's surprisingly complex and really nice smooth mouthfeel. So it was very good. And I actually had a look online in case anyone's interested try there's still some bottles left at Aberdeen whiskey shop and top whiskies nice yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it it was nice different drinking experience when we were in France together that we did that Instagram live on but again it was warm we were outside we were trying it with ice to experiment with so it just again shows me how different your drinking experience can be depending on where you are as well but a definite easy sipper comes at very good price point I think it's about 45 pounds worth a try but let us know anyway your thoughts we want to hear your thoughts whiskey sisters whiskey fact so what's the deal with seasoning the oak the chemical and physical differences are significant when it comes to American oak and French oak for example American oak is far higher in lactones than French oak And these are volatile, highly aromatic compounds which impart strong sweet notes such as coconut and vanilla. French oak has far higher concentration of elagitanins, compounds which contribute structure and mouthfeel to a beverage. So when a tree is felled and the quarter sawn lumber arrives at the cooperage, it must first be tried out. Seasoning is the practice of treating the freshly cut oak so that it loses excess humidity and softens the more astringent, astringent. More astringent character Astr- uh, of its elagitanins. Ella Difficult words today. Difficult words. Big word day. The best form of seasoning is to leave those fresh staves outside exposed to the elements from a few months to years, even as many as five years, depending on the oak species, its moisture content and its future use. During that time, not only are the harsher, more astringent and less pleasant compounds almost literally 
washed away, but the slow process of air drying reduces the woody aromas and increases aromatic compounds such as toasty spices and vanillin. It also prevents cracking and splitting, which is super important. And not all oak is air seasoned though. Some distillers choose to work with casks which have been kiln dried only. The oak is heated in a kiln at 50 degrees Celsius for a month. And at the more industrial American cooperage, this is exactly what happens. The disadvantage is that those unpleasant elements are not fully broken down with bitterness and harsher tannins remaining in the oak. Regardless of the seasoning approach, once the oak is dry, it can be cut and shaped. There you go. Whiskey fact right there for you. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So next week we are celebrating International Women's Day and we have a special guest to chat about all things Welsh whiskey. Yakida. <laughs> yes, in fact, there will be two guest appearances and we are sampling several Welsh drums and see what the fuss is all about. But while you wait, feel free to go and follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at whiskeysisters, and Facebook at the Whiskey Sisters podcast. We eventually got over those 2,000 followers on Instagram. Whew. Finally, yay. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Anka, have a good week. See you next time. Bye, listeners. Bye. May your glass be full and your dram on fire. Bye.